can't really speak about him at length right now because it's still very fresh. But I will say one thing, that I was Zeicha to learn by him for many years and to be very close with him. And we happened to have learned together B'chavrusa Musar Seder for two years in a row. And during Elul we learned together Shari Tshuva and the rest of the year we learned Mesol Sisharim. And I'll never forget that there was a Musar Seder during Elul, in the middle of Elul, and the attendance wasn't so full. And maybe the people weren't so motivated, the, the Talmidim maybe, but the Roshiva was margish that there was some, something missing in the room, some energy, some electricity of Elul. And he gets up, and I was standing, I was sitting right next to him, and all of a sudden, like, he couldn't contain himself, like, he needed to make an announcement. And he gives a clap on his tender, and he said that Rabbi Yisrael Salanter used to say that really the entire year should be Elul. The entire year should be Elul. What's the difference between Elul and, uh, and Tammuz? between Elul and Av, it's all Elul. The whole year should be the Melech Basada. The whole year should be Bichuva. Is there a difference between a day in Elul and a day throughout the rest of the year? No. So really the whole year should be Elul, he used to say. But Elul is fart Elul. But Elul, at the end of the day, is Elul. No matter what we have excuses for throughout the rest of the year, why our, our Abayda is not on the same level as Elul, but Elul is itself, it has to be Elul. And with that he sat down, and it made a very big reshim in the yeshiva, that during Elul we have to increase our Abayda. And this was a mice of maybe 20 years ago, 25 years ago, and a lot's transpired in those decades. Our diarists have gone down a lot. The whole musag, the whole concept of Elul, unfortunately, by all of us, I think, is really a, uh, it's just something for the history books that you hear about in the olden days, what used to be during Elul, and how people used to be so scared during Elul, and how even the fish in the sea are shaking during Elul. It's something that we're so far removed from. But it's important to know that during the month of Elul, Elul is fart Elul. Elul is Elul. Rabbi Salanta used to also say that Elul is a time that's similar to a Yerid. A Yerid was a time that merchants would gather 
in a certain city, in a city called Leipzig. It was a very big center of commerce in Europe. And all of the seichrim, all of the merchants would come and converge on this city. There was like a very big convention. And you would do all of your business during this particular yurid by this time of year. And you had to be busy day and night buying and selling because this was the time that you were going to really be stocking up on all of your inventory for the entirety of the year. This was the main event of the year. And during this time, every seicher that came, every businessman that came to Leipzig was focused solely on doing as much business as he could, trading, making connections, networking, buying inventory, selling his wares if, he, if that was his business, because this was the time that was going to be lasting him the entire year until the next year, next year in Leipzig. And if we saw Salantu used to say that El is a time like that Yerid, that we're supposed to fill up our tanks with Ruchnius now and engage in introspection and learn Musar and our davening should be a davening and our starim should be perfect because from this very essential time of year we're going to be nourished for the entirety of the year. Our entire year is based on this time of year. If our El is great, then our year, Mitz Hashem, will be great. If we're learning, if we're davening, if we're getting off to the Zman on the right footing, then the entire year should follow suit. But it's a very, very important time of year. The Nesiva Shalom once woke up from a dream and he was very startled. It was Rosh Chaydesh Elul, and he had dreamt that it was Simchas Taira. Now, that doesn't seem like a bad dream. That seems like a nice dream. Simchas Taira, he woke up and he had to have Atavas Chalaim. He had to try to undo the dream. It was a nightmare dream. And they said, What's so bad about your dream? He says, Because I missed the whole Elul. I woke up, now it's Simchas Taira. What happened to Elul? Because to Bali Aveda, Elul was a time that was so precious and so important to get right. And the more that we do during Elul, and the more that we take it seriously, and the more that we are able to make a cheshven ha-nefesh, like the Briskarov used to do, he used to say that when I was a bacher, I would know every single minute of Elul what I was doing. There wasn't a moment that I squandered because every single millisecond of Elul was something so valuable and so priceless that I needed to know exactly second by second what I was going to be doing. What is Elul? Why is Elul so important to us? What is it that's so valuable? Why is it this Yerid? What's going to be taken from Elul if we do it right? And of course, the famous Remez that everybody knows, the Rashi Tevas of Elul is Anila Daidi a Pasuk in Shirashirim, that I am to my beloved and my beloved is to me. This is the relationship between Akadish Baruch and Knesset Yisrael. This is what Shir Hashirim is all about, like the Rambam writes 
the love that exists between an Isha and an Isha, and how a person that's in love is constantly he's constantly obsessed and thinking about the other person. That's how the relationship to people that are on the, on the Madrega of Ashleim Melech writing Shirashirim, that's the entirety of Shirashirim, is that a person has to be in love with the Rabbi Nishleilam and consumed by the Rabbi Nishleilam and obsessed with the Rabbi Nishleilam. And that's the Avaidah of Elul. Elul is Anila Daidi It's a time to reconnect with the Rabbi Nishleilam. Throughout the entire long year, since last Yom Kippur, very often we slip and we fall from the great plateaus that we have attained of the Yom Nairayim, of Rosh Hashanah, of Aser of Yom Kippurim, of Ne'ilah. These are very great heights, and it's inevitable almost that we're going to fall from those heights. And that the connection that we felt to the Rabbi Nishlam, as we said, Hashem Hu Aleikim, Hashem Hu Aleikim, at the end of Ne'ilah, unfortunately, sometimes that hakara and that feeling, that, that longing to be closer to the Rabbi Nishlam throughout the course of a long year has, has somewhat become frayed. And as we come into El again, we try to reconnect with the Rabbi Nishlam. We try to realize that, that love and establish a connection again and not be distracted by things that could possibly take away that love. I'll tell you another maestro with Ravaren Shechter. One time I was at a chasna that he was Masada Kedushin. And there was an outdoor chuppah, and the chassan was a close friend of mine. He was mechabed me to hold one of the poles of the chuppah. That was the keyboard that I got. And so I had a, a very close eyewitness scene to what was about to unfold. This was the time that like, cell phones were just beginning. There wasn't a smartphone yet. It was, everyone had flip phones, even re- regardless of your level of frumkite. It wasn't at the time a, a mark of being from when you had a flip phone. You had to have a flip phone. There was no smartphone yet, believe it or not. And it was just starting to come out, and people you know, were, were, were starting to buy these, uh, these cell phones. It was a very big chiddish. You can actually make a phone call and not be at home or not be in your office. And we were holding the poles, and Rav Aaron was getting ready to start the Birchus Eresin. And the father of the Kala gets a phone call all of a sudden. And that wasn't so shocking. People get phone calls and they forget to turn their ringer off. Happens. But what was shocking was that he took the phone call. Right at the point of the chuppah, right under Adshah Melech b'mesibai, Mamish, at the point of the chuppah, right as the birchas erison of his daughter was about to begin, he starts talking on the phone to some random person. And Rav Aaron, I'm standing right next to him, and he was visibly agitated. He could not believe what he was seeing. That a man at his own daughter's chasna, right under the chuppah, would take a phone call and start talking at that moment and I, I didn't know what he was going to do. He was so upset by it. But I, you know, he didn't want to ruin the Shter the Simcha, but he was like, Maramis, the father, like, put the phone away. 
Put the phone away. It's your daughter's chasna. And I think that that's a, a pretty good mashal for what Elul is. Elul is a time that we're standing by a chasna. There's an anila daidi v'daidi li. We're trying to reconnect with the Rabbani Shalom. We're trying to have that love that we need to have that perhaps throughout the year wasn't so perfect. We're trying to get back to that level of relationship so that when Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippurim come, we're ready to fully engage with the Rabbani Shalom. And yet we're distracted. And we have all of these distractions, whether it's technology or whether it's other things that are constantly a period between us and the Rabbani Shalom, some wedge that's constantly driven between us and him. And the Rabbani Shalom is like saying, like, put it away. Put it away now. You're trying to reconnect to me. I'm trying to reconnect to you. We're trying to build a relationship. Just put it away as much as we can. Disconnect a drop more than you might ordinarily do throughout the year. And I'm talking to myself also. It's a very big distraction of all of our lives. Technology and all the other trappings that we have that we, we grow accustomed to and we're matter ourselves to do for whatever reason. But we do it. But during Elul, it's a time that we have to really try to focus more on what's important in life and to build that relationship with the Rabbi Shalom and to try to move away from those things that got in the way throughout the year and say, okay, let's, let's go under the chuppah now properly. The Dubna Magid gives a very good muscle for this. Once upon a time, there was a a store owner, and this is way before the times of credit cards, and everything was done in cash. So you would take in your cash register nothing but cash. There was no checks, there was no credit cards, there was no uh, Apple wallets, there was nothing. All there was was cash, and, this, and the business was prospering. And so the businessman said, listen, I'm making thousands of dollars in cash every day. I can't leave this in my store, and I can't leave it in my home. So what I will do is I want to bring it every day to my safe deposit box in the bank. So he opens up a safe deposit box and he hires a young man to go and every day at the end of the busy day at work, bring it to the bank and deposit it in the safe deposit box. And this is what this young man does, and he makes sure, because he knows that there's a lot of people that probably know that he's carrying a lot of cash on him, so he makes sure to just go make a beeline straight from the store to the bank and walk in the most public areas on the public streets. He doesn't want to walk on any of the side streets because their muggers might attack him, so he wants to constantly be in the public eye. And he's walking every day straight, and there is a ganif that it's too hard for him to resist. He knows that this young man has in his pocket, in his pouch, thousands of dollars in cash, and this is too much of a, of a Yetzirah for this robber to just overlook. So he sits and he makes a plan. How am I going to be able to get the money away from him without people noticing? And he comes up with an idea. Along the course of this road that, he, that this young man takes every day was a tailor. And 
he goes into the tailor shop right before this young man passes, and he says to the tailor, I want to make a suit for my boss. My boss is a very wealthy man, and he wants to have a beautiful custom-made suit ready for him. He says, fine, have him come in whenever he wants. I don't know. He's way too busy. He doesn't have time to go for a fitting and another fitting. He just wants his suit made. He says, well, I don't know what size he is. He says, that's not a problem. I'm going to stand by the storefront, and when there's a person that passes by that's approximately his size, I'm going to ask him to come in, and I'll have him stand for the fitting. I'm sure he'll be happy to do a chesed. He'll stand for the fitting, and you'll make a suit based on his size. So the tailor says, fine. And of course, this young man is passing by with his bundle of cash, and the robber comes out and says, excuse me, young man, could you do a favor for me? He says, I'm sorry, I have to go right away to the bank. I'm, I'm on my way somewhere important. He says, but do a chesed for a yid. He says, chesed? Okay, I'm down for a chesed. What, what's the chesed? And he explains to him that my boss is a certain size, exactly like your size. Would you be so kind as to just come in for a few minutes and have the tailor size you up and fit you for a brand new suit? He says, okay. So he stands on the, on the little stage in the tailor shop and he, he's still holding on to the, the very heavy um, bundle of cash and it starts in his right hand and his right hand starts getting heavy and his, puts it to his left hand and that starts getting heavy and eventually he just puts it down for a few minutes until the tailor finishes sizing him up and the robber sees it on the floor and he runs out with it and in hot pursuit is this young man, and the tailor is chasing after him to give back the material that's on him, and it's a whole scene, but in the meantime, the robber gets away. The Dubna Magid says, this is what happens to us during Elul. Elul is a time that we have priceless opportunities every second during the month of Elul. Every second, you can accomplish such great things in, our, in your davening, in your learning, in your tshuva, in your chesed, in your maizim taivim, whatever you do during El is like compounded maybe 10,000 times throughout the rest of the year. It's a very, very fertile time to accomplish and to steig in a way that you perhaps never would do in your life. But the Sahara knows full well the power of an Elo. And so the Sahara puts on He's like a tailor and he customizes a suit for you to make you put down your load. He understands how priceless El is, more than we do. And so don't be surprised if during the month of El, all of a sudden there's so many distractions and you have so many things that are calling for you, whether sometimes it's good things, sometimes it's bad things. But there will be things distracting us during Elul because the Sahara knows exactly the treasure that lies in your hands and he wants you to put it down. And so he's going to measure you and he's going to try to tailor you exactly the distractions that you need in order to put down Elul and he's going to snatch Elul away from us. And that would be the greatest shame if we would lose out on the preciousness which is Elul we might not fully comprehend the elo of a Bishal Salanter. And we can't comprehend perhaps the elo of Ravaran Shechter, and certainly not the elo of the Dubna Magid. 
but our grandparents knew what Elul was. Our great-grandparents knew what Elul was. It was a time that there was, in the air, something very, very precious. And we have to try once again to get into that, a drop. Perhaps we can't get into it fully because there, is, there have been a, many, many years that have passed since the height of the Muslim movement. But we have to at least recognize, as we're approaching this new Zman, that there is a concept of El, and that El is priceless opportunity to grow and to steig. And you know what? Baruch Hashem, there is no place in the world to be during El as this base Madrash. This is the place, if let's say we were in, a, in Chas Shalom, you know, a secular college, we would not have any shaykhahs to Elul. The Elul would be the same as the rest of the year, and we'd be, you know, we, it would be a, an, an impossible task. But now that we're Baruch Hashem in a yeshiva, in a makam taira, with wonderful rabbeim and wonderful chaverim, and we have an opportunity to really daven like beautifully, and, and learn in a base medrash like this, with the starim, with the rabbeim, with the magideshir, with the kailal, with, with the everything. And then we could stay for Shabbos, a beautiful Shabbos, and Rosh Hashanah, and Yom Kippurim in this base medrash. It's custom-tailored for us to really maximize the experience of Elul, and then Mirza Hashem beyond. But right now, focus on Elul. Focus on trying to distance ourselves from all the many distractions and to just try to really be into the Zman as well as we can be. And that's our hope, and that's our prayer, and that's our dream, that each and every one of us can really grow exponentially in this Zman and in the rest of the year The Russian of the of Chazal, when it comes to Yaakov with in the Yeshiva of Shem Eber, the Russian of Chazal is Shehitmin Atzmai. He was Matmin himself in the Yeshiva of Shem Eber. Hatmana is one of the concepts of Shabbos, like to be fully enveloped, to be fully absorbed in a Yeshiva. And that's really what you should try to do during Elul, to try to really stay as much as you can in the, in the Kaisle-based Medrash, to not be distracted by the street or by the other distractions of our lives, to try to really just be insulated in the base Medrash. I always say we have some extraordinary Talmidim, and we had extraordinary Talmidim in the past. There was one Talmud in particular that you speak about, Hatmano. He came after Sukkot, and he literally did not leave until Pesach. You know, sometimes people swim, you know, under the water without coming up for breath from one end of the pool to the other. That was how his man looked. He was Matman himself in the Yama Talmud here in Yeshiva. He didn't leave. He didn't want to leave. He had no reason to leave. He was so happy here. And I know that we have to go home. I know that we have other things that are calling us. But to the degree that you're going to be able to be matman yourself, to insulate yourself in the base matters, to make this your diras keva, and to have a chevra with you that are completely arangatan in the sugya, amelus in the sugya, and having a beautiful time together on every level, 
and having a tish together, and having Shabbos together, and having Vadim together, and having Chaburis together, and Shiurim, and everything that Yeshiva has to offer, and we do it together as a group, as a Bnei Chabura, that is the level, Mirz Hashem, that our Steigen will be completely to another level. And when we come to Yom HaKippur, and we say Hashem Kim, we will have feel, felt it, because we have absorbed all of that Ava from now until Yom Kippurim. And then the Sukkot will be that much greater, and our Zman after Sukkot will be that much greater. And Amitzah Hashem, let's not lose sight of what the Aved of El is. And Amitzah Hashem, we should grow together Ba'ava, Ba'achva, Ba'reyas, Ki'ish Echad, Belev Echad, as one Yeshiva united. Thank you.